music that was, you know, being, being presented at this moment and call and response indicates that the leader shoots out a call and the church gives back a response. So, so if I say, have you tried Jesus, you would say, Okay, okay, about 35% of y'all that, that's still a part of that generation that remember that. But if, if I say, if I say, live and he loved me, you say, okay, okay, we, we recognize some of that. All right, I want to make sure that we awake. Okay, how many of y'all don't know what I'm talking about now? You're, you're like, amen, praise. Amen, I'm not, I'm not sure all about that. If I say this little light of mine, Okay, we, we know some of that. We are familiar with, with, with that to some extent. So, so, so musicians, can, can, we just, can we just have it tried, Gia? Have you tried, Gia? Said, have you tried, Jesus? Have you tried, Gia? Oh. Okay, okay, we, we, okay, all right. I was checking. I had to do a temperature check to make sure I was in the right house. Amen, because I said, okay, this, this where I grew up, because they taught me that stuff. Pastor Gridiron taught me that. So I wanted to make sure y'all still remembered some of that music. Y'all still with me? Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. And one day it's coming back home. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, we, we, we getting there. We inching. We inching. Now, y'all remember how to clap with this type of music? Come on, let, let me see y'all just give it a shot. Let me just, just a little bit. Just, just like that. Now, now, what you need to do is some of y'all sit next to somebody that's still mad from last night. Something didn't go right and they just don't feel like doing church. You need to elbow them over a little bit and say, give me a little room, a little room, a little room, amen. Tell them you need to scoot over a little bit because I need to get my praise on. I didn't come here just to see the preacher. I came to find God. And so if that's why you came, you came to church on today to find the Lord, then I dare you while putting those hands together to stand up for just a minute. I did just, just, just a minute, just a minute. Just come on, just that. Set this little light of mine. Yeah, this little light of mine. Oh, this little light of mine, let it shine, let it. Watch this, I like this verse, it says, everywhere I go, oh, everywhere I go, I tell you, everywhere I go, let it shine, let it. Wait, let's go back to it. Now, did you try, Jesus? Said, have you tried Jesus? Oh, have you tried Jesus? Have you tried Jesus? Oh, high five somebody and said, I came to have church on this morning. Tell them I didn't come to just hang out. Said, I, I, I appreciate seeing you and you look beautiful, but I came to meet the maker. I came to have an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on this morning. I came so that my faith can be regenerated and so that my trials can become a little bit easier. And so I have to participate to be a part of that exchange right there. High five somebody and tell them it's an exchange. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. It's not instant. So we're going to do this one more time and then we're going to go ahead and get into the word. But I just have to, have to, have to, have to have you try Jesus. Oh, have you tried 
yeah. Oh, have you tried, yeah? Have you tried, yeah? I am. I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. But say, I'm a soldier. Come on. I'm a soldier. All right, all right, all right, all right. Amen, amen. All right, all right, all right. We're going to go ahead and get into this word in just a minute. How many of y'all came in here feeling a little burden? Just a little bit. You brought something into the room and it was just a little, you got a challenge that you're dealing with. I'm going to give you a secret. The Bible says if you would praise him, that the spirit of the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So if you would make a conscious decision that I'm going to praise the Lord through my circumstance and situation, I promise you God would not only change the circumstance, but he would change you in the midst of it. Listen, some of your problems are simply there because God is trying to get something out of you. It's not the situation that is the problem. You are the problem. Poke somebody and tell them you the problem. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all don't understand that God allows things to persist in our lives not because he can't fix the problem. It's because he needs to fix you. And so he will allow you to go through circumstances and situations to show you yourself. And until you get yourself right, your problem just going to continue. And the Bible gives us multiple examples of people in the book that God had to keep taking them through the cycle until they got the lesson. Look at somebody and say, you're not getting it. See, some, some of y'all been coming to Faith Center for 35 years. Amen. I ain't going to finish that sentence. Amen. There's something about when, when God will take you through a situation and a trial to show you you. We've been coming like, Lord, Lord, you need to take it. Lord, fix it. Lord, change it. And, and, and God is like, no, you need to change. Because once I fix you, then everything around you is not going to matter as much. See, God is about working the inner man. See, see, we're so concerned with our trials and our problems and our situations, and God is so concerned about you. God is about making you different, making you better, turning you into the person that he desires for you to be. The Bible says, do you not know that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost? That we are his temple, that we are his most prized possession. And so it's not the circumstance, it's not the situation, it's not the problem. It's you that he desires to get something out of. Look at somebody and tell them it's you. Amen. We're getting ready to go into the Word of God. Y'all just can y'all just, just stay with me for just, just, just half a second. With, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this house, gracious Father, we thank you and praise you for this time that we have together on this morning. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness, for your goodness, and for your mercy unto us, God. We thank you because you are King of kings, Lord of lords, and you see fit to allow us to participate in your purpose. And for that, we are grateful. God, we thank you because you love us more than anything. You loved us enough to give yourself that we might live as undeserving as we are, God. You thought enough of us. You thought we were worth saving. <laughs> and so, God, you decided to save us and to redeem us, God. And we are grateful for that, Father. Let your word be blessed. Let no flesh glory in your presence, God. Let your name be magnified in this house. And as we leave this place, God, let us be elevated, magnified, and inspired in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Amen and amen. How many people just love God in this place? If you love him, just clap those hands. And... Amen. Amen. He
he is so faithful and he's so good. I look out amongst the audience and I see my family. And so it's different when you minister to family. It is different because the word that God gives me is for family. And so, y'all, if you don't know me, my name is Minister Damian Garnett. Amen. I, I am uh, this year, I'll, I'll be 42 years old this year. Amen. It just, it sounds weird now, me for, saying numbers in the 40s. Amen. I'm so used to being the, you know, the little, little fella preaching. And amen, I feel like, you know, I got to a little place now. Amen. You know, what, you know what keeps me young is that my wife and I, we had our kids late in marriage. And so our children are little. See, our peers have teen kids. They got kids that are 17 and 16 and 20 and all they going to college. And, and we still signing up elementary school papers and we dealing with preschool stuff. And, and right now in our household, we got a four-year-old, a five-year-old and a six-year-old, amen. And so we, we are, it keeps us young. And so when we go around with our little kids, they still think we, you know, the same age as them young parents. So I'm gonna hold on to that, amen, but you know, you, I, when, I, when I was younger and I used to talk about being in your 40s, it, it seems so old. Like, you're 40-something. Wow. You ain't got much long. Got much longer to live at 40-something. Amen. I ain't feeling that way no more. <laughs> I tell you what, let me be honest with you. 40s is real young, y'all. Real young. I'm feeling like a baby right now. I'm feeling like just a little, little kid in my 40s. Amen. But it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I give honor to God. On today, give honor to Pastor and Sister G, who have been so faithful over ministries for their entire lives. For their <laughs> entire lives. Amen. I mean, faithful over the ministry. And that's very rare to see nowadays. I tell you, every day we find out about a new scandal, a new uncovering, a new problem with some pastor, some leader. This one on drugs. This one done cheated. This one done done this. This one done done that. But you know what? You're not going to find that in this house. Amen. Amen. And, and that, is, that is a blessing. Amen. I, I remember when President Obama um, was, was inaugurated and, and pastor said, amen, he's, uh, you know, I'm feeling strong about him, but just let him keep himself from scandal. Just don't let him get caught up in nothing scandalous because, they, they, you know, one thing and they'll tear him down real quick. And you, we finding out what happens when you get caught up in a scandal. They will do documentaries. They do Facebook memes, everything else in the world. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all remember Mr. Robert? You know, Y'all know who I'm talking about, Mr. Robert K. I mean, we're going to say no names, but they, they done unleashed all, all sorts of attacks. And even one of our favorites, Mr. Jackson, they, you know, they going back. They going back years and years. They will dredge up everything you ever did, everything you ever thought, everything you ever wrote, if they catch you in one, one issue. So look at somebody and say, I'm clean, I'm good, I'm good. Amen. So, well, you know, as, as much as we know, amen. The Lord, keep it hidden. Amen. How about that? <laughs> don't let them know what, what you did. Don't, don't uncover it, God. Amen. I, you know, everybody ain't an angel. We all done been through something. We all done did something. Some of us had to uncover our stuff in public, right? We had to, we had to be like, okay, Lord, it's me. It's me, oh, Lord. And others of us have, God has given us the grace to be able to keep it, keep it quiet. Amen. So th thank God that he kept yours quiet. Amen. <laughs> thank God that he didn't let everybody know what you did. Amen. Because it would be trouble. We, we're getting ready to go into the word of God. How much time do I have? I, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. Amen. Amen. I just, I feel in my spirit. Amen. Just a little song. Consuming fire. Sweet perfume. His awesome presence fills this room this 
is holy ground. This is holy ground. Somebody lift your hands as we just sing that little word. This is holy ground. So come and bow down oh, the song just says bow down and worship can we worship him in this place worship oh worship him somebody just needs to worship him for just a minute just say bow down and worship bow down and worship Enter in. Whoa. Oh, enter in. I dare you to lift your hands and just sing it with us. Say, bow down, oh, bow. Isn't he worthy? Worship him. Whoa, worship him. Yes. How many people love him in this place? Let's sing that one more time. Bow down and worship. Enter in. Whoa, enter in. Consuming fire. Consuming Sweet perfume. His awesome presence fills this room. This is holy ground. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Oh, just sing that line one last time and we're going to get into the book. Amen. I love I worship and adore you. Oh, just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than, oh, one more time, say, I love, I worship and adore you, just want to tell you, Jesus, oh, Lord, I love you. More than, more than oh, my, 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 my. You guys may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Love you, Jesus. Mm, yes. Somebody needed that moment of worship because your weekend was hectic and you just got some news that disturbed you and you needed just a minute to sit down in his presence. It's nothing like sitting down in his presence, y'all. I just want to tell you there is no place like the presence of God. 
If you've ever been through a real situation, you know, every once in a while, you just need to get into his presence and relax and let all your burdens go. Look at somebody and say, sometimes you just got to let it go. Sometimes you just got to let it go. Amen. We're going to get into the word of God on today. I'm so grateful to be here in the house of God on this morning. I'm, I'm grateful for, for my wife, Sister LaShawn Garnett. She just celebrated her birthday yesterday. Amen. Amen. My wife has mastered the art of turning the clock backwards. She hated when, when I do this. Everywhere we go, I tell people, guess how long we've been married? Guess how long? We, we go all over the place, and I always tell people, and, and they never get it, because they look at her and they be like, okay, they couldn't have been married no more than five years. And so when I, when I drop it on them, she, you know, she hate when I do that. I'm sorry, Sean, you know. She, she looking right now like, don't you embarrass me. I told you, I told you. She is not kidding. She was tells me every time. Don't get up there and say no foolishness. Hey Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my mother, Sister Rhonda Garnett. In her absence, she's not feeling well. And, and y'all, keep your prayers up for her. She, she's battling, you know, illness in her body. And, and you know she'd have been here if she could. Amen. But, but you know, keep her in your prayers if you would. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for my brother, Brother Jerron Garnett. Amen. Who ministers so faithfully here at Faith Center. And, uh, and, and just gives his all, everything he got. You see him on the, on the drums, the next day you see him on the bass, the next day you see him, you know, singing, the next day you see him, you know, preaching. And I said, okay, oh, okay, yeah, he, he got it right from me. He did, he did. He, you know, he, you know I, did. I was a good example to him. I showed him, you know what, wherever you need it, you get to work for the kingdom and God will bless you. Ain't that a fact, if you work for God, God pays great wages. Amen. Amen. I've come to realize if you just do God's work, you don't need to worry about all the stuff and the mess and all the issues in your life. The Bible says if you seek ye first. Amen. Open, open your Bibles with me if you would to the book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. We're going to get into the word of God on today, and I pray that God blesses. It's, it's so good to see all, of, all my, my family in the house and all my friends and, and folk that have seen me grow, grow up and, and, and come on through. And, you know, my, my wife and I, we, we give you greetings from the Refuge House of Prayer in Rancho Cucamonga, California, which is where we attend ministry right now. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting place where we are right now because the church that we're going to is a little different from you know, what, where, we, where we come from typically. And, and so, you know, some of y'all that are on Facebook, you see there's a, um, there's a debate right now on, on gospel music and contemporary Christian music and how, how contemporary Christian music is starting to infiltrate gospel and we are taking on culture. And, and, and there's all, you know, there's kind of a, a back and forth going on between are we allowing our culture to be, um, to be cannibalized, you know, by, by the, the changes in, in, in the Christian world on today. And so, you know, I really fall on, on no side of that argument because I think God is glorified in it all. And I believe that as long as in your heart you're giving God the glory, then it's okay. As, but, but I'll tell you what, I don't forget my roots. God know where I came from. And, and I, it is my hope to keep that alive as long as I'm alive and pass something on to the next generation in terms of how I was raised and some of the things that were placed in me. But at the same time, the church that we go to, you're not going to find no hand clapping and, and you're not going to find no foot stomping at that church. It is a wonderful place and, and the worship that goes forth is very different and it's very, very, very free and it's very flowy. And they, and they have a dance ministry and my, my wife, she, she you know dances with them on occasion, but they dance 
out throughout all of praise and worship and they're just dancing and going and, and, and they got kids over here in the corner and they flagging during praise and worship and they got the dance prep area over there and, and, and the dance, min, you know, the, the music ministry is, is guitar based primarily, you know, so, so it's more contemporary Christian and, and so I believe that God is, is trying to show me and teach me something in, in the different places where we go and, and so I, I pray that, that as I learn the lessons that God is showing and as he starts to unveil in me what he has in me, that, that I would be open to receive and hear what it is that he's showing us. This, the church, the pastor told us he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have membership. So you come to the church and, uh, and I'm not sure the technicalities behind it and how, how he worked, but he, he doesn't, they, they don't have members at the church. They have attendees and, and you come and they take role and, 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 and you give. And, and, and so it's a different sort of, sort of setup. And I said, okay, Lord, all right, this is interesting. We're going to sit here for a minute and we're going to receive what it is that you have for us, God. And, and then, you know, whatever you say is next, you say is next. But my wife and I were being blessed. God is, God is blessing us to start a, a marriage ministry. I, I'm announcing publicly. It's, it's, right now, the name is Water to Wine Marriage Ministries. And and, and, and the, the, the reason why we are starting a marriage ministry is because the enemy is attacking marriages left and right and left and right. And, and we're talking, we talking the stuff where couples don't even know why they're fighting. They're just, I can't stand you. I can't, I can't stand you. Why? Ain't no reason. We just, we just can't get along. And couples don't have the tools, right, to figure out how to, how to work things out when you don't like the person you're with. Uh-oh, some of y'all looking at me like y'all don't want to say nothing because you're sitting next to somebody that you don't like right now. <laughs> you're sitting there like, not saying a word. Because <laughs> See, God gives us tools in the word that we can use in order to make it through seasons when y'all don't like each other. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. If you stay with somebody long enough, eventually you will not like them. They're going to unveil something in that marriage where you're going to feel like, wow, I just, I'm, I'm really not caring for this person right now. And, and Pastor taught us well, because Pastor taught us very early in the ministry. He said, God is not always about your happiness. So if, if that's your barometer for whether or not things are good in your life, then you ain't going to keep nothing because you are constantly going to be challenged in the area of being happy if you are going to stay together. And so for the couples that have that been in here that have been married 25, 30, 35, 40 years, you can testify to some of these young couples that there are seasons of unhappiness sometimes that you're going to have to go through. And you have to learn how to weather those storms. And so, so my wife and I this year, it will be 17 years that we have been married. And so God has blessed us to see those years, but not without our share of controversy and trials. Not without our share of difficulties and not without our opportunities to say, I'm done. We've had our opportunities to walk away, and yet God has given us the grace and given us the teaching that would allow us to be able to continue pressing even when things got difficult. And so we, we're starting Water to Wine Marriage Ministries, and we, we're going to be online, and we're reaching out to couples, and we're giving them the opportunity to meet with us on a weekly basis, and, 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 and we believe that God is going to do something wonderful through that. And, and so, you know, y'all keep us in your prayers as, as we do that, and, and we'll see what God does from there. Amen. Amen. We're, we're in the, the book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and, and we're going to go to a familiar story in the Bible, and I believe that God is going to bless. It is my prayer that the word that he shares today is specifically for you and the situation that you're in right now. And so I just uh, completely pray that God does something amazing. Y'all, let, let me know when I can go back. Okay, amen. And so I'm, I'm just... Uh, 
I'm elated that God has a way of giving you just the word that you need for just the situation that you're in. And so I pray that this word is for you on today. The, 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 the fourth chapter of 2 Kings is an interesting book. There are four stories that are found in the fourth chapter of the book of 2 Kings. And these are four stories, each deal with a situation of either lack or difficulty and how God uses the man of God to interject some sort of miraculous solution to a difficult problem. The initial situation we find is that there was a woman who had some sons and, and her husband had passed and the debtors were coming to take her sons and God provided a miracle through oil. The second story, which is where we are going to sit down, is the story of a woman who lost her son, who had been given a blessing of a son and then who lost her son and who refused to allow that to be the end of the story. The third story deals with death in a pot. It deals with food and provision. And the fourth story in this chapter also deals with food. And I find that there is, there's, there's something there a little bit deeper than just four stories. God is trying to show us something in this, in, in this particular chapter. And I'm not going to go into it too in depth, but I dare you to read this chapter all the way through and find the connections between it and the story of our Savior, in the New Testament, you'll find something interesting in your own study time. But we're going to sit down in the fourth chapter, beginning at the eighth verse, and I'm going to read it quickly so that we can get into the meat of the Word of God. Um, and and you, you can just read along with me silently as I read it out loud. Amen. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand. So it will be. Whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there, and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. Look at somebody and say, call this woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, go say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. I don't need all that. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, ye shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son. And when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day, that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. 
When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. We're going to take a pause there, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. We're going to jump down to the 31st verse. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, the child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on the bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself on him again. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her. And when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. And, and if I have to accept the title for this message, I would accept the title, it ain't over just yet. Look at somebody and tell them it ain't over just yet. Come on, look at somebody else and high five them and tell them it ain't over just yet. If, if I had to take a secondary title, I would say, go get his mama. Amen. Amen. That's, that's just the second. That's just another one I heard in my spirit when I was praying. Amen. It's, it's interesting from, from this story in the Bible, we find that initially there was a woman of God who had, was lacking something in her life that she had desire of. It's funny that we find this woman was in a situation where she wanted something from God and yet did not have it and a significant amount of time had passed in her life, and I would imagine that she had settled in on life as it is. She had accepted within herself that this is how it's gonna be. God has blessed me with a husband, and I'm grateful for that. I would love to have children, but it's something that is unrealistic for me, and so because it's unrealistic, I am not going to try any longer. What we also find about this woman, the Bible tells us that she was a great woman, so it means that there was something within her that she had brought into her marriage that was already good about her. She had qualities and something within herself that was awesome. She could do something. She had income. There was some talent gift that she brought to the table even before she married her husband. If we look at this time in biblical times, we would find that women were not given a whole lot of status in society unless they had a husband. There had to be a man in society that would be a covering for the woman during this time. And so for her, she, was prob she probably would have been good on her own. But in order to have status in society, it appears that she was married to a man that was already old. Now, I don't know if she married him when she was young, or if she had gotten married later in life, but the Bible tells us that she was significantly younger because it points to the fact that he was old. It did not say that she was. 
If we go back into the book of Genesis and we start to talk about Sarah and Abraham, we find out that they both were old, and the Bible specifies that. In this instance, it tells us that he was old, but she was not. And so the circumstances that we find this woman in were such that she potentially was in a marriage because she needed to be in that marriage. She had accepted her state of life, and she was like, okay, I'm going to deal with what I got because this is what I got. What we find is that even though she was in this situation, she was still faithful over whatever God had given her. She was not looking for something from the man of God when he was passing by. The Bible tells us that she would see him pass by on the road, and she said to herself, I perceive that this is a man of God. And so when she perceived that he was a man of God, it, with no desire and asking nothing of them, she said, I'm going to bless him, and I'm going to make a place for the man of God here in my home, and I'm going to set up provision for the man of God in my house with no extra desire and putting no extra request on God based off of what I'm doing. And, 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 and as I read this, God put in my heart the word investment. Now, some of us know something about investments in our lives because we have investments. See, I recognize, having grown up at Faith Center, that we are a church where some of us have the ability to invest financially in our future. Some of us understand the principles of retirement. We understand concepts like 401k, and we understand concepts like purchasing stocks and the stock market. And, and so when we talk about investments, typically we believe that we're talking about money. But sometimes there are types of investments that you can make that are more expensive and more precious than money. And so the woman in this instance was making an investment in her future based off of the spirit realm. And so what we have to learn from the beginning of this story is that there are some investments that you can make in your life that are not necessarily financial. The Bible tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added. There is a secondary, or I'm sorry, a primary system of investment that should precede what you were doing with your natural finances. And so we find from this woman that she was participating in the system of investment that was not just financial. She was putting her resources into the man of God. And, and, and when, when we see the man of God, in today, I would say that is akin to putting your resources into the realm of the spirit. Whether that be financial giving, whether that be the giving of your time, whether that be prayer, whether that be the time that you spend in the word of God, there is something to be said for someone that knows how to put time and effort into the realm of the spirit because that is an investment that you will always reap benefits from. I've come to tell you that on today, you will reap the greatest reward and harvest, the greatest compound interest that you could ever imagine from investing in the spirit and not just from investing in the world system. If we look at the stock market on today, you will find that on any given day, the stocks that you have purchased have increased by 50 and 100 fold and have decreased by 50 and 100 fold. Some of us have invested in real estate. And if you invested in real estate back in the 2000s, you learned real quick that real estate investments are not foolproof. Back in the early 2000s, there was a crash in the real estate market and there was a significant drop. And, it, and me included was looking at buying 
buying houses all across the nation for $10,000 and $20,000. And I said, oh, I'm about to make a bundle. And I thank God that he kept me from doing it because all of those houses that people had purchased at that time went down to nothing. And they had these mortgages and they were investing in what they thought was going to give them great returns. But the fact of the matter is that those investments were rendered empty. But what I find is that if you invest in the spirit of God and in his presence and in the things of God, you will never get an empty return from an investment in the spirit of God. Every time you put your energy into prayer, into the word, into passing on the wisdom that God has given you onto this next generation, these are investments that you can make and God guarantees a return in this life and in the life to come. Look at somebody and say, he's going to do it. And so the woman of God was making an investment in the future. As the man of God was passing by, she said, I'm going to invest in the spirit. And so as time progressed, the man of God realized that this woman of God has put something into me. And so I desire to give her a return on this investment. And so he went to her and he said, woman of God, what, what do you want? What is it that I can do for you? And she said, you know what? Oh, I, don't, I don't need all this extra stuff you're talking about. I don't need to be spoken of highly with the king. I, I dwell among my own people. I don't need all of the extras that you were looking to give me. And, and, and so, she went to, so he went to his servant. And sometimes, you know what, what needs to happen is that people really need to see how you're living. And if they like you, they might speak a positive word about you to somebody else. See, see, it's a problem. You got to be careful how you deal with people when you don't know who they are. See, we find sometimes that we get out and we act crazy and we don't talk to people the way that we should talk to people. And eventually, one day, you find out that you need the person that you talked crazy to. I, I heard the funniest story one day when I was looking on YouTube and I, every once in a while I go on YouTube and I listen to words and a preacher was telling a story and it was the funniest story I, had, I, I think I had ever heard about a preacher and he said one day he was on the phone in his car and he was talking to one of the deacons and he was a pastor of his church and he was sharing some instructions to the deacon and, and he was talking and he got caught up in what he was talking about and he wasn't paying attention to the role and so he was going on okay this is what we need to do amen and this is something that we need to handle and, and we got to take care of this and he was driving and then he looked up and all of a sudden he he saw that traffic had stopped right in front of him. He was driving about 40 miles an hour. And so he put his foot on the brake as hard as he could. And right before he put his foot on the brake, he told the deacon that he was talking. He said, look, I got to go. I got a problem. And he hung up the phone. He threw it down. And he put on the brake. And then he went about this close from hitting the car right in front of him. And he said, all of a sudden, just out of his spirit, flew some words that he probably shouldn't have been saying. Amen. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because y'all say it too amen and and and, and so uh, and, and this is the pastor this is the man to god he'd been he'd been preaching a long time and he said and he let it fly and he said oh man oh what, it, what oh, goodness gracious i can't believe it i almost ran into this car and 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 so he saw he threw his phone down he picked up the phone and it was like if you would like to send this message please press pound <laughs> And he realized that he did not hang up the phone right before he went on to his expletive-laden tirade. Amen. He said, okay, he prepared his resignation letter. <laughs> 
And, he, and, he, and he, he called the man back and he said, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, attack this one right head on. So I'm going to call the deacon. I'm going to say, sorry, you know, look what, I know I'm not worthy to be a pastor. And, and the deacon said, you just showed me that you're human. It's, it's all right, man of God. Just, you know, you might need to get some help. Go on and talk to some bishops or some other pastors. Amen. And, and so sometimes you got to watch the way that you talk around folk because you don't know who's looking and who's listening to what you do and how you do it. Amen. I'm, I'm glad to, to say that that. Typically, if I act crazy, the only one that's around is my wife, amen. So she know my crazy, but y'all don't need to see my crazy, and I don't want to see yours, amen. If I could avoid your crazy, I'm good, amen, because I've come to find out that everybody got some crazy if you push them in the right way. You poke them in the back just the right way, you step on their foot just the right way, and don't touch my kids because you'll really have a problem. You'll find out who I am, amen. So I've come to realize that you could tap into everybody's crazy, some type of way if you do things the wrong way. Amen. So we got to be careful how we deal with others because what the word of God tells us is that Gehazi was watching this woman and saw that she had no children. And so she was spoken of by someone else to speak of the blessing that she was deserving. It was what was in her heart and she did not have to say it. Can I tell you today that God knows what's in your heart? God knows exactly what it is that you are truly desirous of. And sometimes you can't tell everybody what it is that you want because some people will not support what it is that your dream is. See, what we find, and, and, and this is what I love about the Bible, because the Bible inspires us. Because as you get older, you will find that a majority of the best stories in the Bible are dealing with people in the second half of their lives. If we look at Moses, we find out that he didn't really start his ministry until he spent X number of years in the wilderness as a an outcast, had a family, raised a family, then came back to Egypt as an older man and began to do the will of the Lord. When we look at Abraham, when we look at the men of God all throughout the Bible, what we find is that in the second act is when God started to do his best work. And so sometimes what we think is that, oh Lord, okay, well, I guess I didn't, I didn't live my life and I raised my kids. I'm just about done now. I might as well go sit down and hang out. But God says, not so. There is yet a plan that I have for you. There is yet a ministry that I have for you. There is yet a new beginning that I have for you. And sometimes we start to believe that, oh, yeah, no, that's a young man's game. I'm not going to fool with that. That's a young woman's game. You know what? These young girls, they go out there and they do all that stuff on the internet. I don't fool with all that. But see, that's a lie from the enemy. God has something to still unleash the dream that you have within your heart. Whatever it is that God has put inside of you, God knows that he can unleash and unlock your destiny today. You don't have to give up on what it is that God has for you. This woman of God, the Shunammite woman, had given up. She said, okay, well, it's going to be fine. I'm just going to let go of what it is that God had desired for me. I'm going to let it fall by the wayside, and if it happens to happen, so be it. It's pretty much impossible anyway. My husband's too old for us to have kids, and I don't really care for him anyway. So we're not going to do none of that foolery. It's so funny if you look, and, and we, we got all, all grown folk in the room. If you look at the, the book of Genesis and you look at the story of Sarah and Abraham, it's real funny because when God told her what he was going do she laughed and she said shall I have pleasure what, 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 am I supposed to touch this man she the Bible tells read it again it says she she talked and she thought about the fact that something was gonna have to happen in order for them to have children and she laughed 
That's how the story puts it. Some of y'all didn't catch that the first reading. Read that again. She said, uh, we supposed to do something? Because that ain't going to happen up in here. Amen. And, and I thought that was hilarious because when God tells you something every once in a while, you got to giggle at how ridiculous it sounds. But if you believe the, the word of the Lord, you're going to take it, laugh, and then get going and play some music. Amen. Look at somebody say, put on some music. Amen. Amen. Some, sometimes you got to just take the word of the Lord and just get on moving, go on and do what he said do. Amen. They was in their 80s. Amen. Y'all didn't catch that. They was in the amen. Amen. Sometimes God desires to do something in the second act that he did not do in the first act. And you got to be open to receiving what it is that God says. Sometimes we're in our prayer time and we're listening to the word of the Lord. And we're like, Lord, what are you saying to me right now? What are you telling me that I'm supposed to do? And God is saying something that sounds ludicrous. Let me tell you today, it's not ludicrous. God is trying to unleash something in you that he has yet for you to do. And you don't put off what God tells you. You got to understand that God knows what's in your heart. And sometimes it takes a little crazy courage to just step up and receive what God has for you. And so if God says you're going to start something, you need to just go start something. You don't need to question God if he tells you you can do it. If God says you're going to be over something, you're going to be over whatever it is. You don't question what God says. If God says I'm about to elevate you, you take God's elevation and receive it. Because the word of the Lord is going to be sure and amen. Look at somebody and say the word is sure I know it's hard I know it's difficult I know sometimes there's opposition I know it doesn't appear like it's possible but if God said it that settles it I believe it that's it I'm not gonna take anybody's word except for what he tells me when I receive it I'm gonna be blessed by it and some of you today came on this Sunday morning to have it confirmed that the word that you heard in your spirit is true it is going to come to pass God is going to do it God is gonna give you the resources that you need to bring it to pass and you are going to walk in a new level of victory like you never thought possible God is going to unleash it in you but you have got to believe it receive it and be blessed by it look at somebody and say I'm gonna do it amen sometimes you just need a push sometimes you need somebody else to speak for you sometimes you need someone else to say this is what they want they always been saying this but this is what they really want and they don't believe it's possible and they stop believing because the pain had been so great and the frustration has been so great have you ever just had so much frustration in life that you were ready to give up I was so ready to preach because I had gone through a season of such frustration in my life and it's interesting when you when you grow up as a younger preacher and you preach a lot in your youth people have expectations of what you'll do and where you'll be in life if you do it young enough they start to say well I thought you'd have been pastoring by now I thought you'd have been preaching a little bit more by now. I thought you'd have been doing a little bit more by now. And so every once in a while, you know, the season of frustration gets to you and you start to try to make things happen. You go into places, you're like, hey, Doc, you know what? Let me, let me get on, let me, let me preach a message to you in your church. Hey, hey, Doc, you know what? Let me, let me come on over and sing over at your church. Hey, Doc, you know what, man? Y'all got a revival? And, and God said, no, when the time is right, I will do exactly what I said I was going to do in your life. And so as having gone through that, I've come to realize that if you just wait on the Lord, Look at somebody and say, you got to just wait on the Lord. You got to wait on God to set up the circumstances and situations to make it right for what it is that he has for you. Because if you find yourself pushing too fast, too hard, too quick, you're going to create an Ishmael when you should have had Isaac. 
you're going to create your own enemy because you need to wait and allow God to control the seasons and circumstances of your life. Let's get back to the Shunammite woman so we find that God answered her prayer through the man of God and gave her a baby boy. And, and it's interesting all throughout the Bible, we find that God uses babies and sons as typologies of his promise. All throughout the book, we find that there were barren women who God had given children to as an answer to prayer and as a result of a miraculous encounter. We find even in Genesis with Sarah, well, um, with, with, with the women in, in the beginning, Rachel, she was barren and God gave her a child. We find that Samuel's mother was barren and God gave her a child. We find in this story there was a woman who for whatever reason was barren and God gave her a child. The children that God is giving in these stories and particularly these sons are representative of the promise of God in your life. And what we find is that as soon as God begins to give you a glimpse and an inkling of the promise, it appears that there is an attack to take away what it is that God had given you. We are understanding in this story that God had fulfilled the promise that he had given her and then there was an attack. Look at somebody saying attack. There, there, there seems to be a theme in the word of God that whenever there is the fulfillment of a promise, it comes along with an attack. And so when God is preparing to release something special in the earth, the enemy unleashes an attack to come and try to sideswipe or stop what it is that God had already purposed. If we look throughout the book, we find that when women were given sons, the enemy would come immediately and try to destroy the firstborn. He would try to come and attack the child and the, the gift of promise that God had given. And so it is in this story that when the woman had been given her son, the enemy enemy came to attack and he went out to the reapers and he said my head my head and and they said take him to his mother now y'all already have heard many many times that fathers just don't do the best job of handling difficult situations with their children and I've got to say many times my wife will attest that she gets a little nervous when she has to leave all the kids with me she's like did you do this did you get the medicine did you make sure that you put this away don't leave the medicine sitting down on the counter don't do this is to make sure you do that and it's because there is a level of concern and care that she has about her children that I am not even capable of having it's, it's something that God gives mothers with their children then it says that there's this connection and and within that connection it says that I am physically and spiritually connected to this child and I love this child so much and I don't want to let just anybody care for my child and husband I love you I know you're not just anybody but I don't let just anybody care for my children and so you will find that when something went wrong with this child the people said go get the mother this was the promise that was given to the mother the father was there, but it was the mother's promise. And so what you'll find is that sometimes you may delegate some things to other people. You may ask somebody to pray for you for something. You may ask somebody to help you walk through something. But the promise that God has given you belongs to you. It's your promise. Nobody's going to care about your promise like you care about your promise. And so if something starts to go wrong with the promise that God has given you, everybody else, you can ask them to pray for you. Pray for me. Help me. Support me. What you're going to find is that when it's time for something to go down, go get my mama. Because that's the one that cared about this promise. 
That's the one that labored for this promise. That's the one that was receiving the results of the investment for this promise. And so they went to go get the mother. And they said, your baby has fallen ill. And she held her baby in her arms. And the Bible tells us that she held until noon. And, and, and so if we go from the time that they started working, because they were going out to reap, and they went out to reap early in the morning. And so they went out to reap, and from the time early in the morning until noon, she held her son. It could have been three hours. It could have been four hours. But she held her promise. And have you ever been in a situation where you're holding on to something that you're just not 100% sure is ready to be released into the world, but you're holding on to it, and you're trying to keep it alive because you know it's yours, and you know God gave it to you, and you don't want to let it go. And she was holding on to this promise, to the thing that God had given her, and, and she wanted to nurse it back to life. And she held her baby in her arms, and the Bible says that the baby died in her arms arms anybody ever lost something that you knew God had promised you have you ever gone through the challenge in life where God told you he was going to do something that he was going to give you something and you watched it slip away in your hands anybody ever been in a situation where you knew something was yours and yet you watched it be taken away or you watched it be touched or you watched it be maligned or you watched something bad happen to something that you knew belonged to you I've been in a situation in my life where I had something and I knew it was mine from God and I had to sit and watch and wonder is everything going to be okay is everything going to work out is it going to stay alive well in this instance what God had given her had died and so after it had died she had to deal with the fact that she was looking at an impossible situation but she had been given a promise from a God that overrides the impossible sometimes in life you got to recognize you will be given a point if you're going to live spiritually where you are going to have to choose are you going to walk in the natural or are you going to walk in the spirit you every Christian has to make a choice at some point in their lives are you going to walk in the natural or are you going to be spiritual are you going to walk by faith or are you going to walk by sight is it about the kingdom of God or is it about the kingdom of this world every single Christian and every believer at some point will be forced with a challenge of your faith and you have got to decide what you are going to do the Bible tells us that when she had this situation happen, she went to the man of God, chased him down, caught him by the feet. And I skipped over this portion in the reading because it's about 10 verses, but it says she ran and caught him by the feet. He said, gone, I'm going to send my servant to go take care of it. She said, I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to stay with you until it's done. Sometimes you need to have radical faith about what it is that God has promised you. You cannot just accept what the world tells you 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 have got to get to the place in your life where it is either going to be God's way or no way and I know it's difficult let me tell you that anybody that truly decides to walk in the Christian faith and live for God you are going to look crazy to somebody somebody's gonna look at you and say you don't have any sense why are you doing what you're doing why are you walking like you're walking why are you continuing to believe against hope but you've got to decide within yourself that for God I live and for God I die. I am standing on the promises of God my Savior and I believe that no matter what happens or whatever it looks like, he will reveal unto me what it is that he promised. Look at somebody and tell him he's going to do it. 
You can't let go of the promise of God regardless of what your circumstances may look like. So this mother decided within herself, I'm going to go get the man of God and I'm going to grab him by his leg and I'm not going to let go because I don't care if my baby is dead or not. He is alive in the spirit and I won't accept it. And she probably looked crazy to everybody around her. She probably looked like she didn't have no sense. She probably looked like she wasn't in her right mind. There were probably people around her who said, baby, it's time to let him go. Baby, it's time to leave him alone. Your baby is gone. He can't be saved. But she said within herself, God gave me this gift. And if God has given me this gift, and if God has blessed me with this, then I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what it appears to be. I know that if God gave it, God is going to sustain it. Look at somebody and say, if God gave it, God is going to sustain it. If God started it, God is going to allow it to continue. It ain't over now. It's not time for me to give up. It's not time for me to quit. It's time for me to recognize and understand that I've got to press harder through the break that the enemy has tried to put in front of me. Sometimes in your life and in your circumstance, you have got to decide within yourself that I am not going to back down. I am not going to let go. I am not going to give up. It doesn't matter to me how hard it is. It doesn't matter how much it hurts. It doesn't matter how frustrating it is. It doesn't matter how much it looks like it's being removed. I have decided within myself that regardless of the circumstances of the situation, I will not quit. I will not back down. I will keep walking forward. You can put the enemy in front of me. You can put a blockade in front of me. You can try to stop me. Y'all can talk about me as much as you please, but the more that you talk, the more I'm going to get on my knees. I've decided that he has it for me. And so she chased the man of God and she grabbed him by his feet. And the man of God said, his servant said, hey, hey, back off, back off. Let go of him. But the man of God said, ah, I perceive that she's making a pull on the anointing. She's pulling on what God has placed inside of me. She's pulling on the investment that she had made. And after she had done such, the man of God placed his staff on the baby. And nothing happened. Because sometimes you can go to a circumstance or a situation where you feel like, okay, okay, I see God moving. And it doesn't pan out like you thought. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought, you said, okay, God, he, okay, he's doing it. He's doing it. It's, it's about to happen. And then once again, disappointment. But she would not accept that. She said within herself, no, no man of God, I see you sent your servant, but I need you to come. I need you to handle this. I need you because the anointing on you is what brought this. So it's the same anointing on you that's going to continue this. And so she brought the man of God and the man of God laid himself down upon the baby. And he laid his anointing upon that baby. And the baby sneezed seven times and he woke up and came alive. And it's such a blessing and it's such a miracle and it's such a story of redemption to see that within the Bible, things that are impossible, God points us to his faith, points us to his spirit to redeem the impossible. Some of us, we've gotten to a place of stagnation in our lives because we've decided that this is what it is. 
and I am accepting the life that God has given me and I'm good. But I've come today to wake some of you up and say you have not hit your potential just yet. That there is yet something that God has for you. That there are inklings that God has shown you in the spirit. There are things that you are supposed to be doing and you have allowed fear and you have allowed frustration and you have allowed weakness to cause you to go back on what God told you you were supposed to do. But today I want to awaken that in you and I want to say that it is your time to wake your baby up. It's time for you to get the man of God to lay himself and let the anointing fall on your baby. And that baby may represent the dream that he's given you. That baby might be your grandbaby. That baby might be the business that he's given you. That baby might be your desire to go back to school. That baby might be the ministry that God has given in you. But I want you to know right now that if God has given you a baby, if God has given you something that he's promised you, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how bad it looks. Today is the day that that God will resurrect that baby if you would make a pull on the anointing. Someone's faith has been tested. Someone has been through such a trial in your life. And, and, and in your prayer time, you went to God and you said, why, God, why has it got to be so hard? Why do I have to go through so much difficulty? God, why does it have to be so challenging? Why so complicated? Why so many problems? Why every time that I get up, Lord, it's like you knock me back down. And God said, you know what? This is about you. The promise that I gave you is your promise. The Bible says these stories were given for our example. They were given so that we can understand how God operates in the earth, how he operates with his people. And so he gave me this particular story. And I asked God, what, what is it that I'm supposed to talk about, Lord? What, what am I supposed to share with your people? What is it that I'm supposed to share? And, and, and I went through about four or five different things. And, and finally, in the midnight hour, God said, this is the story I need you to tell because there's someone who has a baby that needs to be woken up. Someone's baby needs to be woken up and they've lost hope and they're not believing anymore and they're starting to let their dream die and they think that they are too old. Somebody specifically said in their prayer time, Lord, I'm too old. It's over now. And God says, that's not so. I want you to know that I'm just getting started in your life. I don't care how old you think you are. In God's time, you're just a baby. And I want you to know that God is getting ready to release something miraculous into your hands because you have invested in your future and you have not seen the return on that harvest. It's interesting because in the Bible there was another mother that had a similar scenario. I can't quite remember her name in the Bible, but, but she had a son that also had passed. And there was great concern about the promise that this son represented also. Um, the, the son had been killed very, very, very maliciously and had been hurt and had been harmed and had been devastated. And, and, and she looked and, and, and she had to bury her son. And, and she said, Lord, you made a promise to me and to everybody in this world about this son. And, and, and this son had passed, and, 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 and maybe, maybe if we go through the, through the word, we might find the name of this mother. But this mother also believed that God was able to raise her son from the dead. And I think the story tells us that this baby was laid in the tomb for three days. 
And after three days of mourning and three days of struggling and three days of wondering what was going to happen and three days of people giving up and three days of people saying you thought this was the one, three days of people saying you believed the wrong one and three days of people that used to walk with her turning away, three days of people denying that this was the right one, she stood and the angel came by and said, oh, why are y'all walking around this tomb? Because the one that had, oh, yep, her name was Mary, wasn't it? Yes, your child that was laid in this tomb for three days is no longer here. This same Jesus, which once had died, now lives. And some of you, the way Jesus was resurrected from the dead, have something in your lives that he's going to resurrect once again because the challenge is not in God. The challenge is in your faith. Stand up with me, if you would, in this place.